the skies are Broadway sunny. classics brought to you by Dirty Dustin and Classic Dave at Plant Based Network WPP VB for Vegan Burrito. That sounded like a disease. It did. Yeah, I got it. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder. Thank you for tuning in today. His name isn't Mary, but he be popping. I'm here with my husband and producer of the podcast, Mr. Rossetti. How are you, dear? I am good. My name is not Mary, but I be popping. I've been waiting to say that all week. <laughs> I'd be poppins and lockins. Mm, I don't know. Toppins? Toppins? Uh, um, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. What do we got? Well, we're switching things up today. Just Ooh. a skosh on the pod today, my dear. Just a skosh. That's right. That's right. This is your first time focusing on a book that isn't solely a cookbook. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Intrigue. Ooh. Twists, but, twists and turns. You want a twist? You want a twist? You got a twist? You want a twist? You want turns? Well, listen, to clarify before you stop listening, dear listeners, the book still has recipes. Quite a few, actually, but it's half sort of memoir and how-to for plant-based living and another half recipes to get you started. That's right. Uh, still is a cookbook podcast, so the, the book has recipes. Yes, yes. The <laughs> book is called Healthy at Last, A Plant-Based Approach to Preventing and Reversing Diabetes and Other Chronic Illnesses, written by Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, and it is... Chock full of great healthful information stemming from his journey of reversing diabetes. He fuels readers with tips and tricks to get healthy at last. Yeah. Uh, didn't you do an event at Brooklyn Borough Hall that he was a part of? Is I sure did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaker? I worked with uh, Eric Adams and Dr. Neil Barnard a couple years back on a big tasting we did for hospital food buyers, mm. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. I was the executive chef of the event in Brooklyn, and Dr. Barnard, Eric, and myself talked to a room of... Like a hundred plus hospital workers and food buyers and fed them all some delicious vegan food. All part of Eric Adams and uh, Physician Committee for Responsible Medicine 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 Medicine, mm. medicine Initiative to get plant-based food in hospitals. Uh, he does remarkable work like this all of the time. It was such an honor to work on this event and with these two very brilliant men. Yeah, I mean, wasn't he? Re he was responsible for getting processed meats out of NYC schools and forging meatless Mondays as a, as a norm. You know, he just kind of keeps keeps going with he, his work. Yeah, it's he nuts. really does. It, it's, he's, he's so good. He, he's like the Energizer Bunny for public service. The man has devoted his life to making the world a better place. Now, the president of Brooklyn Borough, Eric, was actually born in Brooklyn, so he has a true love for the borough. It was a long road to this point. He earned an associate in arts degree in data processing from the New York City College of Technology, a Bachelor of Arts degree in criminal justice from John Jay College of Criminal Justice, and a Master of Public Administration administration degree from Marist College. Uh, Eric graduated from the New York City Police Academy. Gosh, he's got a lot. 
It's got a long bio. Just education, uh, of, So many things. Uh, in 1984, as one of the highest ranked students in his class and went on to be a police officer for 22 years 22 in New York City. 22 years. Wow. Um, in 1995, Eric co-founded 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care, an advocacy group that rose to nationwide prominence speaking out against police brutality, racial profiling, and departmental diversity. That's awesome. Right. He also served at one time as president of the Grand Council of Guardians, a statewide fraternal society for African-Americans in law enforcement. Through leadership roles in these organizations, Eric helped raise thousands of dollars for worthy causes across New York City. Eric was elected to the first of four terms in New York State Senate in 2006, where he represented a diverse range of neighborhoods across Brownstone and Central Brooklyn. During his tenure in the state legislature, he chaired both the Veterans, Homeland Security, and Military Affairs Committee and the Racing, Gaming, and Wagering Committee. In 2013, Brooklynites elected Eric as the first person of color to serve as their borough president. He is currently serving his second term as Brooklyn's chief executive. In 2016, Eric was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, which uh, is what my sister has as well. So that's interesting. My mother, um, too. Oh, that's amazing. Crazy. So many people oh. have it. Not amazing. Sorry. But there's more, what a pe- crazy there's more people yeah. ha- have it than you think, and uh, it is more common. The look um, I just gave, I was like, David, it's not amazing. It's not amazing. Um, so having lost vision in his left eye and suffering from nerve damage in his hands and feet, he went against the initial recommendations of his doctors and pursued a whole food, plant-based diet. And within three months... Just three months. That's pretty amazing. Eric reversed his diabetes diagnosis, and he has subsequently been able to impact the health of countless New Yorkers facing chronic diseases, including his own mother. That's right. I'm giving a copy of this book to my mom, and I think we need to give a copy to your sister as well. Eric lives in Bedford-Stuyvesant, where he has resided for more than 20 years. He enjoys biking through his neighborhood, meditating, and exploring new cultures through travel. I'm so honored Eric made time to chat with us about his journey into plant-based food, as told in his new book, healthy at last. And don't you worry, we talk plenty about the food and recipes in the book as well. Please welcome to the podcast, Eric Adams. Please welcome a man who truly defines what it looks like to be dedicated to a life of public service in so many ways. He is healthy at last. Eric Adams, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Real pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, listen, I know you're busy, so we're going to get right into your icebreaker question, like I said. Busy man, what's something you do, a hobby or activity to relax, something that fills your cup up that isn't related to work? Oh, it's clearly, clearly uh, meditation and listening to great podcasts and lectures on TED Talk. Oh, that's great. Do you have a, a favorite podcast or TED Talk you can recommend to the listeners? Uh, I would say tech, TED Talk, uh, epigenetics, just do a whole series around that. It is very fascinating. Like I learned on one that in 20 weeks of gestation, a girl, baby girl has all the eggs she will, she would have, she will have for the rest of her life. And it, it just blew me away of how amazing the human body is. Epigenetics. All right. Okay. Is that the title of the actual podcast or is that an episode with it? Oh, that's a TED Talk. That's a TED Talk on epigenetics. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh, me For me to relax, I just try and I'm trying to get off the couch with my dog and get out and do some hiking and stuff like that. Things that are <laughs> off of the couch, but I'm struggling these days within this pandemic and everything, but we're getting to it. Uh, you have become a tremendous voice in the plant-based movement. Uh, you're banning the processed meats from public schools and NYC 
and instilling meatless Mondays in many schools and correctional facilities, and you're working at getting plant-based meals into hospitals, I know you're on a mission to not only revolutionize the health of Brooklyn Borough, but also African Americans across the country. This book is an extension of all this. Did you know you were going to write this book a while ago? Has it been brewing since you went plant-based? No, not at all. It, it really uh, took shape after a large number of people communicated to me through emails or stopping me on the street and stated that they heard interviews where I explained my disease reversal, my diabetes, type 2 diabetes reversal. And it, people were hungry uh, for the information on how to eat healthy, eat healthy. And I said, you know, I should just put this in the book so people can have access to the information. You really hit it home in this book in a very digestible way for that. It is for like everybody can just sort of, I feel like I'm getting like a nice little hug with it. It's like you start when you're ready, do it how you do it. It's a really great uh, way to introduce people into uh, a plant-based diet. And of course, the health benefits of it, Healthy at Last. Let's dive right into the book. Healthy at Last, a plant-based approach to preventing and reversing diabetes and other chronic illnesses. Tell our listeners about waking up and not being able to see and going to the doctor and getting your diagnosis. It was really frightening at the time. Uh, I was feeling discomfort in my stomach. I thought it was colon cancer because I lost a good friend uh, to colon cancer. And it was just something that, you know, anytime you don't know what's going on in your body, you, you want to get an answer for it. And when I went to the doctor, he stated uh, that after I came out of sedation, he checked my colon and checked my stomach to find out where the discomfort was coming from. And he stated that I had an ulcer, but my real issue was uh, my diabetes, uh, that it was in late stages. And that is why I had vision loss that morning when I woke up, I was unable to see the alarm clock. And he told me that this was due to having a large amount of sugar in my eyes and I was going through some real problems with my vision. I was also experiencing nerve damage, uh, constant tingling in my hands and feet that could eventually lead to amputation. And it was just really a frightening encounter, as well as high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and just a combination of just my body was falling apart at 54 years old. Wow. And how long ago was this that this happened? This was four years ago, uh, 2016. Four years ago. This is what it's always amazes me about these stories. Four years ago. And I feel like when you when someone sees the benefits of a diet like this, it's amazing how you just jump in then, right? So true. So true. And I, I first was told that there was not much I can do. I would be on medicine the rest of my life. And I made the determination of just doing a little research on my own. You know, I'm a former police officer and I said, well, you know, let's just do an investigation. Let's find the facts. And I hit the computer and just started, you know, digging in. And instead of putting in living with diabetes, I typed in reversing diabetes nice. and it took me down a different journey. Yeah, that's great. And and here you are, you go to the doctor, you go in 
without really taking any medication, you're leaving with a laundry list of medications. And somewhere you say, I'm swapping prescriptions for plants when you dive into reversing diabetes, which means you're, you're going to go against the doctor's advice, essentially. How did this shift happen for you? And how strong was your intuition against going against the doctor's orders? That's a great question, because it's not easy going through or going against a medical decision or a medical pro- professional. And you really stepping outside of our comfort zone because we are taught to respect uh, what doctors say. And when you say, wait a minute, I'm going to question you, even though, you know, though you don't have any real knowledge of medical or, or medical profession, you just, your instincts are saying uh, there's a better way. And, and that's what I heard. I heard that voice inside my head that stated, Eric, it's a better way. You don't have to uh, follow the pathway that your mom followed of being on insulin for seven years, diabetic for 15 years, and taking nine medications every day. And I decided that I wanted to try something different. I I didn't want to go down the pathway that I saw so many of my loved ones, uh, my family members experience. And that is what really drove me uh, to the computer uh, to start looking for a different path. Man, and you really, you found a better way and you're sharing it all with us. You also talk about I love that you're, you're proof of the better way as well, which is, is, you know, the best end result we can have. You also, uh, talk about the history of soul food in this book. In particular, you get to explaining how soul food is extremely pl- problematic. Uh, it's eaten to honor your past, but simultaneously it's compromising the future. Can you elaborate on that for our listeners? Well, I, I believe that, uh, not only the African American community, but just about all communities, uh, Central South America, uh, any community that experienced a level of uh, the colonizing of countries, bad eating habits followed. If you just look at Hawaii, uh, where you, they have some of the best fruits and vegetables there, yet um, during the colonizers, uh, they brought spam and, and bad foods. And now uh, this is one of the centers of the Hawaiian diet. They eat uh, spam, processed right. food. Right. And so that's when I show in the book how we believe soul food is something that's part of our culture, when in fact it is not. And it's really a bad food. It actually uh, takes uh, good vegetables and turns it into bad vegetables. And so my goal was to show the connection of how much of the food came from slavery. And we continued the very bad tradition uh, throughout uh, our lives and passed down the recipes from one generation to the next without realizing with the passing of those recipes, we are also passing the chronic diseases that come from those recipes. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, you you sort of take this and you talk about uh, food in a way where we feel like we're doing something good, where we're offering this unhealthy dish to somebody. That's sort of our instinct to be like, oh, but this is like a gift for you. I, I want to like, you know, you're feeling down or something. I'm making you some comfort food. And when reality, we would be giving a bigger gift if we were offering a big bowl of greens and some nutrient dense food, really, rather than, you know, the sort of comfort foods we traditionally turn to. That's so important because 
I remember my days in policing, whenever I experienced a high level of anxiety or stress, I would turn to this comfort food, you know, uh, that's processed, filled with sugar, fat. Uh, I'll eat a whole pint of ice cream without realizing that I was not comforting myself. I was actually adding to the anxiety. I was not giving my body what it needed. I was building it up just for it to crash. Mm -hmm. And that is what we wanted to, you know, outline. And I wanted to show people in the book. Well, you certainly do that. And you also, you bottom line it. At some point in there, you say, how far are you willing to go to take control of your health? And that's one of the things I love about this book. Uh, You put it in everyone's hands, essentially. You say it can be up to us. And you're an example of that by changing the idea, idea of living with diabetes to reversing diabetes. How was your shift from foods you knew and loved to eating plants? Oh, if the first week was horrific. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking and screaming. Yes. I remember, <laughs> I recall the Sunday after the first week, and I was sitting in my living room saying, woe is me. And then <laughs> something came inside me, and it said, why not me? Why don't I use this moment to go from being a dark place where I felt I, I was feeling I was buried to a place where I am planted. And I started to really lean into learning more about spices and the amazing powers of uh, different spices and herbs. And I started to learn about different fruits and vegetables and how to cook different ways. And uh, an entirely new universe opened for me And I started to go from just eating the seven meals that I was eating for the most part. Every morning I was eating uh, two eggs on a roll with bacon and butter. Wow. So it wasn't like I had diversity in my diet. I had a just a bland diet. But now I have about 60 different meals that I use and they're all enjoyable. I, I love the taste. I'm never hungry and frustrated. Never feeling bloated and constipated. Sure. Uh, you just feel a better, healthy life. You do say a really great thing about that, where you were saying, if look at the things you're eating, and really you're sort of eating the same things over and over. And then when you get to a plant based diet, it sort of opened it up for you to like, there just being all these different flavors and textures when you'd been eating the same thing for a long time. And I think that's a lot of people are in that position and they don't even realize it. That is so true. And <clears throat> because we just take for granted that. Uh, You eat the same breakfast, you stop at the same location, the same uh, sugar, processed, oily. We're no longer eating food. We're eating food like substance. And our bodies, you know, they're almost like any machine. Uh, You know, you won't put vinegar in your gas tank. So why are we putting these processed items uh, inside our bodies? So it's only a matter of time that our bodies break down. And that's why, you know, many of the medical institutions are well aware of that at age 50, you should start testing yourself for this. At age 60, test for this. Because they know after 50 years of eating a certain way, uh, this machine is going to break down like any machine will break sure. down to abuse. 
Sure. And I love that it's it's being conscious of feeling your body up with things that are going to help you move, help you last longer, help you be better every day. Uh, did yes. you now did you ever take the meds or was there a period of time where you took the medications after the diagnosis and then you you switched into food or were you like, no, no, straight to food after you did your Google researching? No, and that's so important what you just stated, because that's the partnership of integrated medicine and how we're supposed to use our healthcare system. We're the best at uh, chronic injuries. We're the worst at chronic diseases. Acute injuries we're good at, but chronic diseases we're bad at. I use the medicine for a week to stabilize mm-hmm. very dangerous place that I was in at the time. I was in late stages, vision loss. The My body was really, I could have gone into a coma at any time. But the medicine is, is used for stabilization. And then the lifestyle change is used to change how you are abusing your body. And so once the medicine was able to get my diabetes in a dangerous state under control for that week, I was able then to cycle into a lifestyle change uh, that no longer required me to in- to use medicine. Well, speaking of a lifestyle change and food that yeah, not requiring medicine and using food, this is a cookbook podcast after all. So let's dive into the food of it all. Get some people hungry. You give a great list of recommendations in your book for cookbooks to start with, including Forks Over Knives Cookbook, The Homemade Vegan Pantry uh, by Miyoko Shinner and Afro Vegan by Brian Terry. What is your first vegan cookbook? Uh, you remember when all of this went down, the first plant-based cookbook you owned? You know, it's so funny uh, that the the actual uh, book was really not even a book itself. And that's what I want to encourage people for. It was really going online. Mm -hmm. You know, there goes that Google search again. Google (laughs) University. (laughs) And so I went online and I was able to uh, just started looking at the different meals online. And trying. The beauty of that is I was able to watch people do demonstrations. Uh, that's why I learned how to prepare my first uh, sweet potato bread. Uh, so it was online that really put me down the journey. And then there were a few great chefs uh, that I I looked into who helped me, you know, learn how to cook better and, you know, really just develop a good way of how to saute using water, uh, how to use applesauce, fresh applesauce to moist, moisturize your food. So I just started learning these tips and then I just was able to create my own meals. That's And I, I'm hoping for you it became fun too. There's this element to it when you discover that these plants can do certain things, you're like, wait a minute. And then you just get to start, sort of start playing with things and find foods that you like too. And that's important because the, everyone knows their own palate. Right. And I knew what I enjoyed. Like when I do my uh, veggie lentil noodles, uh, I would actually chop up an apple or some type of fruit and mix it into my noodles with nutritional yeast right. and a little vinegar. And it gives this hidden every once in a while sweet taste uh, that really gives the meal a nice spice. And so those are the different secrets that I learned. 
I'm going to start calling you Chef Eric because you're busting <laughs> out there in the kitchen. You have some great chapters in here on starting out and making the switch. Honestly, your overall tone and enthusiasm in the book had me excited about plants all over again. And I've been vegan for over 10 years now. What has been a food that has sort of surprised you that you love since you went plant-based? Like maybe something, a vegetable or something that you were like, there's going to be no way I'm going to eat that. And now you're like, oh my gosh, I did it this way and I actually love it. I, I actually... Uh, really dislike two two i think two foods uh fit fit that group (laughs) one avocados really yes it was something about the texture of avocados that i just i never thought i would wrap my head around (laughs) And, and the second i the food is uh is it is an onion okay i for whatever reason I was never a person that enjoyed onions, but once I started to read up, because every food I consume now, I read up and find out what's the nutritional value, what's the impact, what are the health. And once you become knowledgeable about food, you not only change your like or dislike, but you look forward to eating it. And that is how I feel about red onions, very powerful, very healthy for you. Uh, and I mix red onions up in just about everything that I eat. And I use it in many ways. I saute my red onions. I, I find chop my red onions. And the same with avocado. It's a great way to make uh, different sauces. I make a nice, believe it or not, avocado frozen dessert uh, with bananas and other fruits and it just comes out amazing. I was going to say, I, I believe it. I believe the way you're talking about food, I believe you're making some good stuff now with avocados and red onions. And I like the perspective of that you, the shift you've had of saying like, oh, these are the benefits and then finding a way to enjoy those. That's a great way for people to sort of shift their look on that and view maybe on foods that they don't like. Uh, and when it comes to recipes in the book, of course, I tried a couple. Our listeners know I'm a madman for mac and cheese. So the other night I made the chipotle mac and cheese. Comes together quickly. The cheese sauce is creamy and decadent with that touch of chipotle for some smoky pop. It was very tasty. I'd say that this is one of the more decadent dishes in the book. What is something along the lines of a main dish, uh, a main dish recipe you love in this book? Well, the, the, there are uh, uh, several main dishes um, that I look at. But, you know, one of my favorite, you know, uh, is also because I am a big, uh, a big dessert guy. Okay, me too, me too, me too. (laughs) Yes. My three ingredients ice cream is one of my favorite go-tos, a frozen banana, having a peanut butter without sugar added, and some cacao powder. All the ingredients are healthy. Every once in a while, I would chop up some fruits of, of blueberries, apples, and just put it in after I mix up the ice cream. And it's just unbelievable when you taste it that you say, I can't believe that this is healthy. One of my favorite meals is the hopping uh, John stew. It is a good mixture with black eyed peas uh, and it's really good. Um, You know, you'll really enjoy it. It's very filling, you know, has a lot of mushrooms, celery, red bell peppers, a bunch of collard greens, and it's just really enjoyable. And I tell everyone, before you read the book, Go to the recipe section so you can start getting your mind right to understand sure. that plant-based 
is not walking around with grass in your pocket all the time. <laughs> Oh, yeah. but it's really enjoying good food. Yeah, you have some really great recipes in here from some friends and chefs. And that, that ice cream recipe is yours, correct? Yes, it is. Yes, and you've like got it. your own in there. And I certainly, I've got my eyes on the spicy quinoa meatballs and the Hawaiian sloppy joes. And uh, the, the what'd you say, the Hop and John, did you say? Yes. Yeah, we got to have that for fall right now. So that's a good one for right now. That's terrific. Uh, talk a little bit about oil-free and salt-free cooking. I actually do it, and I love it, and I, I, the benefits of it are fantastic. I always notice the health benefits. Were, were these hard items for you to start doing without the salt and the oil? No, it's amazing how if we think it, we be it. And once we start incorporating an understanding of what a food product is doing to your body, it makes it easy uh, to wean yourself off. And I mean, understanding it at the granular level, not just the doctor saying, hey, cut down on your salt. That's not real understanding. But to give someone reading material and let them see uh, what table salt is actually doing to them. Uh, Same with sugar, the same with processed food. And so once I understood what salt was doing to me, then I stated, let me now look into alternative ways to get the taste I am looking for. Because we have overstimulated our palates with sugar and salt. That really is almost as in any drug, you have to use more and more and more to get even the basic taste. And American food, we put so much sugar and salt uh, to make it more enjoyable, but you can wean yourself off that and readjust your palate. And I was able to do that rather quickly. That's great. And I think too, when I do that, I'm able to explore some of the flavors a little more, actually. I'm actually tasting what I'm eating as opposed to being like, oh, I'm going to salt it to bring out some more flavor or something. I'm actually getting to taste the vegetables and the fruits and all of that that I'm eating. It's delicious. And, and, and really... Our fruits and vegetables, uh, they have amazing flavors associated with them. And we miss it because we over-sugar and over-salt them. That's true. Now, you you really, were you not a cook at all before all of this? Because I know you talk about your days as a police officer eating fast food, even donuts. He says it, not me, everybody. He points to the donuts <laughs> for police officers. Um, but my sense is you actually get a joy out of cooking and that you really sort of have a knack for it. So were you not cooking at all before this? Not at all. Wow. You know, I was eating, I, w- I would eat out the majority of the time, as I point out in the book. You know, I was a dollar menu guy at McDonald's, uh, never really enjoying uh, the full scope of a healthy meal. And now I I get so much pleasure being in the kitchen, making a meal. And again, the added pleasure, whenever I used to eat prior to being plant-based, after a meal, I would feel bloated, tired, and guilty. Right. After I went plant-based, I know that Hey, because I did my research, so I know the turmeric that I'm going to put on my food for flavoring is also going to help me in a healthy way. I know what the garlic is doing, the onions, the cumin, uh, all the spices. And then I know that this bok choy I'm about to eat 
of the nutritional values of this bok choy, the kale, the collards, uh, the, the different uh, cruciferous vegetables. And so it makes my preparation even more enjoyable as I smile that this is going to taste good, but it's also going to do my body good. That's exactly right. I love that. That's great. Well, listen, as we're wrapping things up here, we always do a book brag. Book brag. What's something that you're most proud about when it comes to this book? Saving lives. Uh, I think that nothing is more traumatic than being told you have a chronic disease and you are imprisoned with all of the medical treatments that's associated with it. It's a life sentence. And when I was able to have my mom at over 80 years old go plant-based and no longer have to use her insulin, to me, there are mothers all over this city and country that will receive this book for Christmas or Kwanzaa or Hanukkah, and they are going to all of a sudden realize that their life sentence has been commuted. Yeah, absolutely right. I'm actually I'm going to give it to my mother for uh, Christmas this year. I'm very excited. Uh, well, let's let's dive into our rapid fire baker's dozen before we completely wrap things up. Are you ready here for a quick round yes, of questions? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Favorite spice to cook with? Uh, definitely cumin. Nice. Favorite vegetable? Bok choy. Favorite fruit? Berries. The ingredients in your smoothie you start your day out with? Bowl of berries, a large handful of kale and spinach, Mm. and a few superfood powders, cacao powder, marengo, and a few other uh, superfood powders. Delicious. I love that. Getting your greens in right away in the morning, too. Yes. Uh, What's one of your favorite areas of Brooklyn? Uh, clearly Bedford-Stuyvesant. <laughs> and what's on your nightstand right now? A, a book by Dr. Dr. Gregg's uh, book, How Not to Die. Oh, perfect. Uh, favorite date night activity with Tracy when we aren't in a pandemic? <laughs> uh, just sitting on the couch and reading our favorite book, magazine, or newspaper. That's great. Have you ever been in an accident on your bike riding the streets of NYC? Yes. No! It's almost like who 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 has not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite movie category: drama, horror, comedy, sci-fi, etc. Any of those? What's your favorite movie? Doc- category? Documentaries. Ah, we're perfect. Uh, the seven beans that are in your favorite seven bean salad. Oh, I don't remember all of them. <laughs> <but> I, I... <laughs> then give me three of your favorite beans from the salad: uh, black beans, pinto beans, and lima beans. There we go. Tempeh, seitan, or tofu. Uh, probably tofu. Favorite packed lunch? A nice salad with a lot of greens and vegetables, bell peppers, and some lentil noodles. Sounds terrific. Anything you do, last question, anything you do in particular when you need a good laugh, a YouTube video, or someone you call that you know can put a smile on your face? Uh, yes, my, my longtime attorney, Uh, He's a historian and always has a good story to tell. 
Oh, that's great. Now, well, that's, that's it. Thank you so much for playing along, Eric. I can't thank you enough for making the time. Everyone go out and get a copy of Healthy at Last, a plant-based approach to preventing and reversing diabetes and other chronic illnesses for yourself and for someone you love. Like I said, I'm going to get a gift for my mom. Do it for people for Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, birthdays. This book is a great gift and also available on audible.com if you know someone who likes to listen to books. Eric, where can everyone find you on internet and social media? Uh, Healthy at Last, BK on all the platforms. Fantastic. Well, I hope our paths cross again one day. Thank you for inspiring me and for making a positive impact on the world the way that you are every day. I can't thank you enough, Eric. Thank you. Take care. Take care. (laughs) Superhero. He's doing the work and helping people make such a positive change. I really, really hope people buy this book. And for gifts, I told you, my my mom needs this book. Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect gift for anyone trying, uh, thinking of trying plants for food. It gives you that little extra push incentive, um, you know, for like just the health of it. The health of it all, you know? It's, it's crazy. As you know, I have always been vegan for all the reasons, but I initially did it for health and then everything else fell into place for me. Now my number one reason is, of course, the animals, but man, selfishly, I ain't mad at the health benefits of plants. True, true. No, and and, and we have both actually thrived on plants in particular when we did um, gym programs, um, like actually watching our macros every day. We um, have both seen great results when doing it in terms of health um, that way as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just endless, the benefits of plants. Uh, But chances are, if you're still listening, you are somebody that already gets that. So we'll stop preaching to the choir. For the animals, for the planet, for yourself, get healthy at last by Eric Adams. Oh, and also for the animals, the planet, and yourself. And for us, for Dustin and David, go to Keep On Cooking Podcast right now on Apple Podcast and rate, review, and subscribe. We are going to leave this giveaway raffle open for one more week, so you have until November 24th to enter. And then we will put all the names in a bucket and draw 20 lucky winners and release a short little episode to announce the winners. So rate, review, and subscribe right now. Right now. Do it. Uh, keep on cooking podcast on Apple podcast for your chance to win one of 20, uh, free cookbooks. Couldn't be easier to end this raffle and support is greatly appreciated. Uh, and while you're thinking of the lovely review, you're going to leave dear listener, um, Dustin, what's Dustin's dish this week? What's your dish? So glad, so glad you asked y'all meal prep. People like to stress the heck out over this, and it couldn't be easier, truly. If making the actual meals is not of interest, like you don't want to have the little like pre-portioned containers because that maybe that stresses you out, oh my gosh, having everything planned and doing all that at once, just do some batch cooking things on Sunday, like batch cook some beans and some grains, some vegetables, roasted vegetables, we like to do that a lot, um, clean and chop some greens, and then you just have like like a buffet to sort of grab from in the fridge. So you can, you don't have to like make your meal prep all at once. You can sort of like grab and go and mix and match all week and create different meals so you don't get sick of stuff. And you also kind of get to decide in the moment what you want really yeah, like and you say oh, a little this a little this and, you know like we've been doing a lot of this and i love to mix the veggies we make and top it with like some vegan cheddar and a you marinated sure tofu and then like a dressing of choice and you boom. sure do you do love that you do get like like that marinated tofu and that vegan cheddar honey I sure do. we usually have uh a couple dressings on hannah's store about one and one we've made from scratch uh for my new book it has a, a simple goddess dressing an epic vegan quick and easy which is out for pre-order right now uh or in my first book simply vegan there is a good green goddess dressing with an avocado base yeah shameless plug there babe yeah what can i say i'm the rupaul of the vegan world oh mm. yes mm. no but uh, i actually love both of those goddess dressings you have uh, and this tip is great to make meal prep a little less rigid i think a i think less, so too. 
structured. Thank you. Thank, well, thank you. Thank you. I think your, so, Your sure. dish is good. That, that was the, the point. So I'm glad we got The dish across. that you dished out is good. Oh, dishity dish dish. Also, next Sunday, just open your fridge and your pantry and cook any produce that is on its way to the other side. That's good for meal prep, too. Like these, this batch cooking, you see some like produce that's about to like say, hey, I got to go to the trash or get used. Hey, listen, uh, just... Roast it in the oven for a little bit. Yeah, uh, a little same... bit of oil, a little bit of salt and pepper. Or not I mean, oil, if you're going oil-free. Yeah, sure. David is like... <sighs> well, or like the spray oil that like, well, you're I not using as much. Uh, make some rice and beans that have been sitting there for a while in your cupboard. Use your stuff up instead of going to the store is my point. Yeah, just like use up your stuff for meal prepping. and I Clean out it. those fridges it. and pantries so that you don't throw stuff away. Yeah, and also rate, review, and subscribe. Y'all have been so great. Thank you for the support and listening to the show. And don't forget to share cookbooks you buy and dishes you make by tagging Dustin on Instagram at the vegan roadie and find out more about the podcast at veganroadie.com. We will be back with a new episode next Tuesday. In the meantime, keep on cooking and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. <laughs>